Welcome to Wealth Well Done. Together, we'll cover a wide range of important topics surrounding money and the impact it has on our lives. From the sophisticated and highly valuable planning techniques of the ultra-wealthy to the commonly underutilized biblical teachings. Together, we'll work to improve our relationship with money and our effectiveness in stewarding it well. Here's your host, Eric Scoville. Okay, welcome to the 46th episode of the Wealth Well Done podcast, where we lean into the tactical, practical, and spiritual advice to help you do your wealth well done. Um, This week, we are back again with Gary Harps. Gary was uh, on last week as we talked about um, building building order out of chaos here and um, in Gary's uh, book that the most recent book that he's written called Built to Be Chaos. And we'll include the subtitle this time because you're absolutely right here. Uh, Biblical wisdom for leading yourself and others. And so Gary, uh, just if you didn't listen last week, uh, I would encourage you to to uh, go back and listen to episode 45 there to to get a, the basis of what we're going to continue talking about today. Uh, but Gary's a, he's built three successful businesses in his career. He has uh, written three impactful books, and now he is um, right. We'll, we'll talk a little bit, hopefully, um, toward the end here. Get to talk a little bit about Lead First and what you're doing. Uh, but but basically, Gary is continuing to help people now um, kind of merge their faith and their work. And um, so last week we talked a little bit about, um, or excuse me, last week we left off with this idea of of when things start to decay. And so we talked about how, and so we, we first of all defined what chaos was and that chaos is actually God ordained and that our purpose comes out of that, that our purpose is to bring order to the chaos. It's what God did. We're created in his image um, and our lives constantly go from, go back to that. We we can build order and then they, they fall out of order and we go and rebuild that. And that's where a lot of our purpose comes um, so we're, I want to just pick right up where we left off. We were talking about this idea of, of when someone, when you put someone in a position at work or in, and this can certainly apply to family as well, but when you put someone into a position and things seem good at first, but then they start to, they start to fall off, they start to decay. How do we diagnose that? And then really, how do we solve that when when it's a, it's you know maybe the, the the discipline issue but it's not the design issue but it's a discipline issue within a person and that's what's starting to decay how do we solve that to create a framework for diagnosis it's useful to go back to what we talked about last week where um what's revealed in scripture is the human architecture it consists of four uh, components the the heart is is a metaphor for the idea of what what is our desire or our purpose? What what's what's the deepest longing inside of us that leads us in some direction? Then there's reason, which is uh, our re- our ability. To reason is based on our education, everything we've learned, um, principles that work or don't work, and these two really, the two together work together to pick the third thing, which is an idea that you say, okay. Um, I want to get into business and and you you like certain things and your reason says the market's not big enough for that thing and you go back and forth and eventually you have this idea for your business and it's tangible enough to lead to action. You So our actions come, once we kind of cross that divide and say, oh, I'm going to try this, then we act. And some people call that the first creation, it's in our mind. 
So that's mm-hmm. the third piece is this thing we imagine that came out of our desires in our mind. Then the fourth step is actions. Actions flow out of that. And it's not discrete. I mean, it looks like four separate things, but really they feed off each other all the time. I d- take an action and it doesn't work. I say, well, I don't want to learn to play baseball because it's hard, so I quit. So my desire changes. Uh, yep. So when you're a leader and you see somebody who's, uh, let's let's just talk about an individual who's not uh, fitting in well with the team and there's something wrong. They seem to be, hard to get along with and, and bitter and angry and all that. One of these four things or all four of these things are in play here. It could be that they've got a job and they, they don't actually know how to do that job and they feel like they're failing. Okay. It, so that's, it could be a skills issue or a training issue or whatever, but that th- their anger is a symptom of some problem. It's not the problem. It's a symptom. And if you just attack the anger, you'll never get this changed. If you if you fundamentally believe that humans want to win, then helping them diagnose what's going on at these four levels will help them uncover what the problem is. So you may find out they've got a skills issue, and rather than yelling at them, you train them. <laughs> uh, you may find that they they don't really. Um, understand how they're fitting into the purpose of the organization. So they're able to do the job, but it isn't meaningful to them. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they're executing well, but they don't feel like they're doing something important. And so that's back to this level where you work on, well, here's how you fit in and how you contribute. And, um, you know, you'll see some people who, you know, it's an age old metaphor, but you'll see some people uh, say they're carving a log and other people say they're building a house. It's it's just a mindset difference. And, uh, you know, I go into some fast food restaurants and the people there just love serving you and working on. And the, the others are bitter because this is not meaningful work for me. So right. as a leader, understand these phases and and view disgruntlement as a symptom. Um, not, I'm not saying you can get them to where they need to go. At some point, you may have to show them the door, but you can try and do this diagnosis and help them. Now, at the group level, if the whole team is not functioning, be careful. Go back and look at the strategy of the organization or the strategy of the team. Is the team really trying to do the right things? You know, it, it, that's back to purpose. What's the mission of this group? And if no amount of work makes things work, then you have to start going back here and say, are we really trying to solve the right problem? Do we have the right purpose? And um, Or you may have the right purpose, but you haven't designed the right solution. And so I, I know it's, it sounds complex, but as you, get, as you age and get more experience, you begin to get a sense of, is the problem here? Is it here? Or is it, is it here? Yeah. Okay. Now, by the way, people really engage when you help them, when you give them a, a vision. That's the third step. The, you notice it's a lot easier to get people excited if you can cast a vision about what you're doing. And the vision is just the articulation of the desire and the mind working together. But you you come and explain that. And then the explanation is really the imagination. You've brought your imagination to life and you've drawn people into it. 
and that's the way you give them purpose. So, so let's go after purpose here. Um, when we were talking just between episodes, so you made a comment, um, you know, wanted to try to, to, for, for us to try to give us good sound bites and, and the, let you know like i i honestly I'm, I'm not in it for that i'm I'm not in it I, if an episode gets a ton of views or goes viral or something then fantastic but that that would be for god and for his glory and 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 not for mine but my purpose is to create this podcast because i'm listening to him and and we're trying to help help people who are either already kingdom focused um to to manage their their life their business their money their relationships better or mm-hmm. To help people who are um, just seeking the tactical advice to to manage their their money relationships life better, um, and helping them understand just how applicable the Bible actually is to them, and and you know if they've been turned off by the church or other things like that, and they've they've walked away from God or have never been introduced to God, um, often especially in America, it's it's they've been you know some some mm. someone who's representing the church in their eyes has has done that poorly, which we yeah. all do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some hypocrites, some terrible action or something like that, that's caused someone to say, well, you know, you know, I, I knew of a little girl who died and they say, well, God need another little angel in heaven. And so therefore I, you know, how could, if there is God, how could he do that? Um, and so the, the purpose is, is that, and if, if we speak to six people, there are six downloads of the podcast or, or, you know, 60,000, it makes no difference to me. And then you, you said, well, there you go. That's your purpose. You have your purpose. So therefore, you're not really, you're not, um, you're, you're not controlled by what other people think here. And, and it would dramatically simplifies your life. Because yeah. the alternative to you doing what you're doing is you could be looking at all the leading podcasters, how many views they got last week, and you'd be thinking, oh, how do I get that? And pretty soon your life is incredibly complicated and it evaporates when you, all that complexity evaporates because you're centered on just following God. And that's the way most of our lives are. There's way more options out there than we can ever deal with. And uh, purpose, I I remember as a a young man, as a Christian young man, I was really distracted by the people around me who were discipling me in the sense of I kept thinking I should be like them. And I I would meet one person and I would chase what they were. And then I'd meet another person and chase what they were. And I was just... Hmm wearing myself out until God sort of, you know, he, he affirms in scripture. He says, I've given you certain gifts. You are made just the way I want you to be made and different than everyone else. And just be a steward of what I've made you and relax about everybody else. Let everyone else be a steward of what I made them. But boy, life got a lot simpler. (laughs) So I I applaud you. I applaud your centeredness. Uh, it, It really streamlines things well I, I appreciate that and i don't share that to, to obviously not to boast of myself here um but to just talk about like what once the purpose becomes clear and i and not and i don't think i don't view my life as to be uncomplicated by by any means with the, the different businesses and all that but it's coming together and and as mm-hmm. time goes on i'm beginning to see how order is coming into this and what was chaotic is is beginning to come into order and these things that seem to be here there and everywhere else are now all of a sudden coming together in this beautiful synergistic uh, mm-hmm. way that is so much bigger and better than anything i could have imagined 
yeah. but it's come out of humility and submission. And yeah. like, it just, I'm not qualified to run my life. I, I am, I am so unqualified to run my life. And, and when I turn it over to him, I turn it over to God and ask him to do it. And I, and I then try to try to, you know, I don't just, it doesn't stop there. I then try to, to, you know, I, I try to take the yoke of Jake, teach, take Jesus's yoke upon me and learn from him. And I seek him and I seek the, the guidance. I seek the fellowship. I seek the, you know, what his word has to say and turn it over that it does make life simpler. It absolutely does. It does. And, and things fall in place. And so, um, but, but you also no. have peace in the decay too. That's that's true. The other dimension, well, building building on something you said about it makes life simpler. And off camera, we talked a little bit about um, we mistake what God wants for us. You know, he he created us, and he wants this rich experience for us to grow, become more like Christ. And he doesn't really want an easy life for us. He, he wants a meaningful life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so he's got a purpose, by the way, in us. It says very clearly in multiple places, my goal is to make you more like my son, Jesus Christ. And there's no end. This is the God of the universe. He's got every resource available to him possible. And believe me, he can manipulate, cause all kinds of things to happen, but the end will not change. He's trying to make you more like Jesus Christ. And um, I, I want to share one thing on there's so many things that we could grab into with that but uh, one thing that stood out to me as i was reading um last night i was i was in mark 12 and as i was i was reading last night this um the story that i've heard many times before a whole new thing stood out and obviously the living word and, and the power the power yes. that's in that yes. um, amen so when i when i talk about my business from the from the multifamily office the, the financial planning side of what we do um, people often, you know, question me, how, how has it grown as much as it has? How, how do we work with such high net worth people? Um, and I just share like, you know, I, I, when I'm talking to people, I basically, I lead with taxes and Jesus and, <laughs> and just share like what I do is I care, I care most importantly, I care about someone understanding the role of steward, what stewardship actually is, and understanding their role as a steward of God's resources. That way, they don't get to the end of the, they don't get to the end of their life into their judgment day and say, "Oh crap, I didn't know." Yeah, and so, so I care a ton about that. And then, um, one of the best best ways to bring impact to people is to help them realize that you don't have, every tax is optional. You don't have to pay. Yeah, property tax maybe, but but certainly let's let's say income tax, uh, capital gains tax, and estate tax. Those are those are optional taxes, and and trying to help people understand all that the tax code has to say about how you partner with the IRS to not pay taxes is a big way that we bring value. Mm-hmm. So this scripture here, in starting in, in Mark twelve thirteen, paying taxes to Caesar, this is one that I have read and studied many times, <laughs> many many times. I've talked to people about it a bunch. I have even uh, done, you know, we've talked about this a number of times on podcasts. But last night, as I'm reading this now, something new stood out to me. And so when you say God is trying to make us like his son, Jesus, mm-hmm. and we get to our purpose, I think this is really applicable. So it says, um, and this is, you know, the, the stage here is uh, Jesus has just uh, 
spoke a parable. So as, as the scribes and the Pharisees are coming at him um, and the Sadducees are, you know, getting ready to come at him, all, all trying to, to find fault in him. Mm-hmm. Um, then they say, so, uh, and they sent to him some of the Pharisees and some of the Herodians to trap him in his talk. And they came to him and they came and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true and do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances, but truly teach the way of God. And then it goes on to say, you know, Shu, is, is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar? Um, and you know, so they're trying to trap him there. And obviously he comes up with the, the you know, incredibly wise uh, response to that. And that's where I've always gone. But all of a sudden it, it hit me last night. Like what they said to him there was absolutely true. They said, we know that you are true. You don't care about anyone's opinion. Hmm. You are not swayed by appearances, but truly teach the way of God. Mm-hmm. And so when we, when you go back to this from a purpose standpoint, how do we, how do we find our purpose there? Which brings all this order into chaos. Like Jesus, Jesus kind of clear, like, excuse me. So if, if Jesus doesn't have, if he's not swayed by appearances, and any entrepreneur can attest to this. Once they've gone through it, once they've been through that cycle, they can attest to this, that that there will come a time where, it, where everything looks like it's falling apart. They have borrowed their very last dollar. Everything looks like it's falling apart. Um, and, or, you know, other people's opinions. When you start a business, if you're going to start a meaningful business, chances are everyone's going to say you shouldn't do it. That, that That's not a good idea. And they'll give you all the reasons why. And so from a standpoint, they're finding your purpose if you're going to find your purpose, you're probably going to have to to be more like Jesus, like God wants us to do. You're probably going to have to not care about other people's opinions and not be swayed by appearances. Hmm. Well said. <clears throat> and you know what? I think I'm, I'm putting together two and two here. When you shared that, it made me think about seeking gold. God, God says, seek me more than you would seek riches. And so purpose is probably the most second most valuable thing to Jesus Christ. I mean, because when he, he gives us his purpose, and so when if, if your life is a mess, take some time and figure out what he's calling you to, because the rest will fall into place if you get the purpose right. So I'm listening to you, and I just think, I hadn't really thought about it in those terms, about the simplicity it brings to life, and freedom. 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 I'm, yeah, freedom. Freedom, for sure. Freedom. When, when, when you... When it's on him, you know, back to me not being qualified, like, and I, I always go back to trees. Um, that yeah. there's just so many incredible things about trees, and, and God has shown me a lot about myself through these analogies. But when I look at a tree that, like, you take a cottonwood tree and forget how many seeds it produces, one seed produces all the <laughs> seeds, and one seed, you know, one tiny seed grows in this massive tree, and, uh-huh. and all of the many things there. But the fact that a, a tree then, a, a seed attaches to a, a piece of cotton or cotton-like that will then, at the certain time of the year, at the right temperature, with the right conditions, release and just fly miles away to go replant itself and to spread itself. Like, the, the one who's behind that, that, that person, that's, that's what I want being in charge of my life. Because me, like, I can't, you know... 
my, my wife jokes about, I tie my shoes with the bunny ear approach. And like, I, I'm unqualified to do a lot of things. And, and if I can have, if I can have the creator who, who figured out that design, let alone all the other designs and how incredible nature is, you know, that, that sings of his glory. If I can have him be in charge, then it takes a lot of the responsibility off of me. My job You're is right. to be humble and to listen and to do. And it's Amen. not to, to, to come up with the plan and so, or to make it work. And so that, that's where, um, now what's not fair is purpose. You figured that out about 30 years before I did. That's <laughs> not fair. <laughs> well, I, I, I might've been put through the ringer a little tougher. A little earlier too, I don't know, but, um, okay. So, so let's go back into this here because obviously this is incredibly important. It applies to business. It applies to, to personal relationships. Um, and so, so we have to re reassess our relationship with chaos hmm. that we have to accept chaos and, and honestly embrace it. I, I used to, I used to, there was in a, I was in a, in a small group with um, some older gentlemen and I had figured out that, well, when I controlled my thoughts and I brought my thoughts more in line with what, you know, what the Bible tells us to think about these things and it controlled my speech. And I, and I, you know, started, I cut out all the negativity out and all these mm -hmm. things. Well, and I started, started applying biblical principles. Things got a lot better for me, mm -hmm. a, a lot, a mm -hmm. lot better. Um, and, and then someone said to me, that they wanted to bring on the next hardship because they saw how hardship helped them. And I just couldn't wrap my head around that at all. I could not wrap my head around it. Why would you want to invite hardship in when the Bible is telling you how to, how to make things more orderly? Hmm. So changing our relationship with chaos to recognize just how much deeper and better it is on the other side of that. I think that has to be the first part. And Gary, I hope that, I hope that anyone who's listening grabs what God is is speaking to you and, and, and now speaks into their heart here, um, that, that they'd learn to embrace that instead. You know, it makes me think about something I, I'd like to give as a word of encouragement to the leaders and your listenership. <clears throat> you know, just like raising cattle, I, I grew up on a farm, and uh, if you're going to raise cattle, you want to stop or no, sorry, you can keep going. So, if I grew up on a farm, and if you're going to raise cattle, you're going to have a lot of manure. And uh, we we get this wrong idea of what leadership is. Um, in the physical realm, God allows us to build things that obey the laws of physics. And so we can build these massive things. I, I once read the the... Space shuttle at that time was the most complex or uh, uh, machine we built, two and a half million parts. But we can build things and uh, this mouse and the laws of physics cause the atoms to hold together and stay there. But when you're a leader, you're building an organization that out of components that don't obey the laws of physics. Mm -hmm. Every single human being is a part of this organization or this team. And yet every single one has a unique set of desires. They've got stuff going on at home. And so as a leader, just like raising cattle means you're going to shovel some crap. Uh, a leader is called to work with this order of magnitude greater chaos. 
which is called people. And I mean, if you look in a church, it doesn't matter whether it's a church or a business, wherever there's people, there's chaos in the relationships all the time in marriage relationships. And I just want to encourage leaders that that is part of your job, just like shoveling manure is raising. I mean, I don't want to draw the analogy too far, but the people are piles of crap. Yeah. Grow up as a leader. <laughs> that's your job. Your job yeah. is to realize that humans have this incredible potential, but what goes with that incredible potential is all this uniqueness and fitting it together is, uh, is a skill and it's a worthwhile vocation. And, and I would argue that basically the idea, what God created this for requires leadership of self and others. In other words, leadership is probably our primary skill. And um, it's it's interesting that in the Genesis account, uh, God tells us to have dominion. And the very first place that it is spoken of uh, explicitly is in the story of Cain and Abel. And uh, for the, I assume your listeners know that story, but the one brother became jealous of another and he, and he killed him. But before he killed him, God said to him, um, you sin is crouching at the door. Sin meaning a destructive force is crouching at the door to pull you off purpose. And you must master it. And so interestingly, the first place God brought an illustration of mastery or overcoming was not in the world's creation. It was inside his own heart. Mm. You, you see? Yeah. And so he just got done to saying, I'm creating you to have dominion. And then his instruction is to Cain before he kills his brother is, you've got a battle going in inside of you. You've got chaos inside of you. Your heart says this, your head says this, you better master it or it's going to control you. And of course, he did kill his brother. And then what's the rest of his life? His, the rest of his life is horrific. He's got this mark and a uh, mark of Cain. And... So I, I know we've talked about so many things, but God made us to be to be winners. He wants us to to pick a purpose. He wants to step inside with us to help form that purpose. And then he wants to walk with us as we learn to overcome it. And it starts inside of us. If you can't overcome that chaos in you, it's pretty hard to not create chaos around you. Mm -hmm. And um so it's hard lessons, but it's it's exciting, but difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, how do you get people to work together? In well, <clears throat> the, uh, we've we've got um, kind of a five step process. It's biblical, but. Since since the chemist back to the analogy of and when you say when you say we've got um, so is this part of lead first? Yeah, it's in the book also, but it, okay. it it's it's a collection of wisdom we've assembled from scriptures over the years. But like I said, when you build a, a physical object like this mouse I'm holding, um, we know what holds it together. When you're building an organization, the the chemistry that holds it together is not electrons; it's it's uh, caring for each other. It's love. Jesus, basically, there's 800,000 words in the Bible, and he says it can all be summed up with 20 words. Love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. And um, so here's the process 
we teach leaders that number one, if you're going to build a team that works together, you first of all start by have to caring for people. It has to be authentic. It can't be pretend, check the box. You've got to genuinely look at each person in your team and say, this is a person created in the image of God. They're important, and I'm going to love them. Now, what that does, it creates um, the willing for those pe- willingness for those people to be open with you. And, and uh, you, you establish a relationship of trust. Out of that relationship of trust, you then can have discussions about what are we doing and get on the same page and form per- shared, shared purpose. But if you bring a people, a group of people into a room and say, this is what we're doing, and they, they don't trust you, and they don't, haven't participated in open conversation about what it means, they're really not bought into that purpose. They're not brought into it or bought into it. Yeah. And so, um, <clears throat> so we see care for people, create openness and trust, then build unity or oneness, um, teamwork, people call it a group of people with a shared purpose and then um, accountability. The, you know, we're weak. We are weak people. We need people. I, my wife and I, um, my daughter years ago bought us a certificate to go to a few, uh, to a fitness coach. And every, and so my wife and I go there and that's our date. You know, we go to a couple times a week. We're going tonight and uh, we complain to each other on the way there and on the way back. Yeah, but um, the only reason we go is we pay a coach that's going to show up. And if he doesn't show up, if he cancels, we don't work out. You know, so yeah. if you understand human nature, that fourth step is necessary. After you form purpose, some you have to hold each other accountable. Right. You just you do. We're, we're weak. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's how you do it. That, and yeah. it, It's not rocket science. It works. But. We, lot of, we want to skip things. <laughs> of course we do. Of course we do. Um, can you, so I've got a couple other questions for you before we wrap this one up, but can you explain just briefly to anyone uh, listening uh, what, what Lead First is, what you guys do? Yeah, I, I've, um, in my uh, fourth, fifth decade of CEO-ship, believe it or not, <clears throat> and I thought I was done. I spent the first uh, four Decades in the technology world, uh, building process automation for organizations, how to run their business, manage it. <clears throat> but lately, last couple of years, God's caused me to start this new organization called Lead First. And what what I believe God's leading me to do is to say you, to a growing business run by a Christian has two imperatives. They have to honor God by the way they run the business and they have to manage growth, which is very difficult. You know, uh, the, the skills to, as an organization goes from 20 to 50 to 100 to 1,000 employees, the dynamics change dramatically. Yeah. So we Lead First is a platform that is a business operating system that deals with all that growth plumbing. And then it overlays that with leadership development and support that is done from a Christian perspective. Okay. So okay. there are plenty of business operating systems out there. They, the world doesn't need another one, but there aren't any that are built where these principles we've been talking about are injected into the way it's designed and functions. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. I, I have never encountered one that, that has that biblical base. Um, okay, thank you. So you, you might have answered my 
one of the questions here, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So I want you to speak to the the 40-somethings, the 40-somethings, you know, that are, I'm just trying to make it to 50 or 55 so I can retire and, and you know, I'm just going to grunt it out through this. Why aren't you on a beach somewhere just kicking back and, and enjoying doing nothing for the rest of your life? I mean, enjoying is definitely in quotations. <clears throat> I know the truth. On it. <clears throat> well, first, I, I would give people in the 40s uh, some grace and say, <clears throat> I think it's pretty normal to at that stage of your life to try to do a reassessment. So I did. I know I went through that. <clears throat> yeah, have time's a great book for that. <laughs> it, what? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. And so um, to your question, it's interesting what happens when you become centered in uh, your relationship with God and he becomes part of everything you do. The, the seams between work and family and church and society kind of go away. And uh, a one person characterized it this way. She said she worked with the with a balanced mindset. I do so much time with my family, so much time at work and so much time for God, but an integrated mindset is much more powerful. Mm-hmm. And so when that happens, I don't even think about when I'm working. I just think about when am I not, when should I not be pursuing my purpose in life? And it's basically when I'm awake, I should be pursuing my purpose. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> and, good. And so okay. sometimes I'm sometimes I'm talking to you, sometimes I'm talking to my wife, but it's still all the same purpose. Honor God. Yeah. Okay. I, we're going to skip the last question. And we're going to go back to this this topic that I had intended to in the beginning of bringing your faith into into the workplace. Um, this is something that I, I with my first company that I, I get not my the, the company I was with the longest there. I was with them for seven years. I thought that God was kind of a taboo topic mm-hmm. that, you, that you couldn't talk about in there. And I eventually, as, as I continued on my, uh, my discipleship journey, I couldn't just keep my mouth shut anymore. And so mm-hmm. I, I started opening up a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And before long, I had 15 people from that, from that business that were um, coming in and having individual mentoring sessions with me and we had a small group uh, like a a men's group that would meet every week uh before work and we started at seven so that means we're meeting at six just so people get up extra early doesn't matter if it's cold outside or anything else they'd get up and come in there to just have some fellowship and all different walks they have different different faiths different you know um christian but but different different religious backgrounds there Mm -hmm. and and they just it, they found it so incredibly refreshing to have that discussion that they didn't know that they could have in the workplace. And Amen. so you talk a little bit about that, of, of how do you bring, giving someone confidence to to go ahead and act on that. I think God, God for me, God definitely honored it and, and, and multiplied it. Uh, but how do you coach someone into bringing faith into their workplace? Well, I think the first thing we do is take examples like yours <clears throat> and, uh, uh, I run into this all the time. The first problem is people think they can't do it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's simply not true. There are just so many success stories and the way people have done it varies all over the map, but they figured out how to do it. And so that's number one. Number two is 
maybe some guidance on how to do it. And actually, that's stuff we do. We sit down with the leader and say, yeah, I've got some business problems that I would like to do better on this. And we, we kind of studied the best practices out there, what, how chaplaincy works, how C12 works, how convene, all these uh, support mechanisms work and then say, what's right for you? How do you how do you piece together a strategy to create the dynamic you've got going on inside your organization, outside support? It's incredibly exciting what can be done. We have found it's useful <clears throat> to explain to the general population of an organization that may be mixed faith so they don't get nervous is say, there's three layers. There's what everybody wants in a good business. I don't care what faith you are. You want a business that's stable, you feel like you're going to have an income next year like you do this year. You're going to have opportunities to grow and learn. Uh, it runs well. It produces good quality. You, those are things that a good business can do for the community and the people who work for it. And nobody disagrees with that. Yeah. The second layer I call soul care, which is the kind of things we can do when we love on each other. Like Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. And you care more holistically about the person, whether it's at home or at work. It can manifest itself some organizations, they fund uh, marriage conferences. You know, it's it's just a way to care for people that goes beyond um, the boundaries of work. <clears throat> the third layer is unique to Christianity, which is, do you want what Jesus only can do? I, there are mm -hmm. things Jesus can do for you that I can't. I can love you. I can feed you. I can care for you. But I can't forgive what's wrong from your past. I can't give you an eternal future. Only Jesus can do that. And so we, when we put that third layer on, we just say, it's there. If you're interested, we're not going to run it down your throat. I just want you to know I believe in it. And it, it kind of takes the resistance out of the room when you just put it all on the table and say, we're for sure going to run a great business. And I know you're going to love that. Yep. And we're going to care for you. And most people say they like that. And the third layer, they say, well, I don't want to talk about that right now. But <laughs> later on, they might. <laughs> Right, right, and, and, that, and you just leave that with the Holy Spirit. You plant the seeds, you do your part, and let Him create the yeah. soil. Yeah. Okay, Gary, this has been good. This has been really good. Um, the the book again is built to be chaos, um, and and the idea behind this, you know, I like I love the subtitle here. But how how do we? So we got to we got to work on ourselves. We have to apply the biblical wisdom to ourselves and others in, in leadership. And um, and I would I would just I would encourage you to get the book. I would encourage you to, if you run an organization and you are um, dealing with some of those these problems that we've discussed the last two weeks, and I I'd lean into this check check out lead first. See what see what that's about. See if that would apply to your organization there. Whether you are the the owner or or um, or someone else in the in the organizational structure, look into this, and and then from there, let's try to get a dialogue going because every organization could benefit from this. And maybe that's too much of a blank statement, but I would say almost every organization can benefit from this. Certainly, when you bring Jesus into an organization, it's going to change the dynamics there. So, mm. Jerry, thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for the thank you for not just sitting on a beach and letting your your experience and wisdom just rot and decay. And instead of continuing to bring order to that in, in new ways. And so thank you for applying that yourself. And thanks for the time. Well, thank you, Eric. <clears throat> you know, you're bringing order out of chaos just by hosting this event. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. All right, listeners, we, we love you. We appreciate you. Hope you uh, got value out of this. And we will talk to you again next week. 
Thank you again for listening to Wealth Well Done. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. And together, we'll continue to improve our relationship with money and our effectiveness in stewarding it well.